What rules or procedure apply in appeals? What documents must you file? When must you file and serve them? How do you serve them? What must the documents contain? How must the documents be formatted? Where do you even look for these answers? I'm constitutional attorney Katherine Henry. For more than 20 years, I've been fighting for the underdog. But since COVID began, I've devoted all my time and efforts to fighting against government tyranny and educating and empowering the public. So welcome to our next episode of Restore Freedom Weekly. So where can you find the answers to these questions? Well, from the more obvious source, such as court rules, to the somewhat obvious court forms, and even the less obvious source, Supreme Court internal operating procedures, we're going to cover all of those options in today's video. Now, we've discussed specific aspects of appeals in several prior videos, I think uh, seven, maybe, at this point. And I've realized that many of you appreciate the knowledge of specific procedures and rules, but you might still be missing the bigger picture here. After all, how can you adequately fight for your freedom? especially in the court setting, if you don't even know where to find the best tools. So you might know all about these tools and that they exist and when they're good to use or whatever, but you don't even know where to look up how to implement these tools. Well, that's the purpose of today's video to kind of give you the where to look for all these very important questions. So, the first of these tools or places to look for the tools is in court rules. Now, if you're looking at appeals in Michigan, for example, uh, the main chapter you're going to look at is chapter seven, the appellate rules. But you also need to keep in mind that chapter one, the general provisions uh, chapter in Michigan court rules is going to have some relevant things for you as well. And chapter two about civil procedure is also going to be a bit relevant. Um, and so if you have any questions about that or why that particular chapter would be relevant, and it'd be relevant uh, at times for civil and criminal appeals, uh, but take a look at rule 2.001. And if it's a criminal case, you're wondering about 6.001D. Now, appeals in Florida, the, the most important chapter you're going to look at is Chapter 9, the Appellate Procedure Chapter, and that's going to be the main aspects of appeal. But there may be aspects that carry over to an appeal from Chapter 1, if it's a civil case, or Chapter 3, if it's a criminal case, and even Chapter 2 in the Florida Appellate Rules, or excuse me, in the Florida Court Rules, because that's the chapter in Florida covering general practice. Uh, now, for appeals in federal court, the main portion you want to look at, the main chunk of rules, is going to be the Florida Rules of Appellate Procedure, and you'll be able to e easily find those with a quick Google search um, as well. So the next thing I want to point you to is court forms, because it is something that, it, depending on the jurisdiction, they're required, and you have to use court forms. In other situations, there might be court forms that are just, um, like in Minnesota, there's not a whole lot of set court forms that are created by the court system. Uh, most often, it's the parties or the attorneys that have to draft or write up all the documents themselves. but Sometimes there's court forms that just help you to fill in the blanks, literally. Uh, they can help put things together. 
now in Michigan, I can tell you that the court forms sometimes are required, but usually whether they're required or not, if you look at the court form that's most relevant to your situation, at the bottom, there's often references to the specific court rules and even statutes that you might find helpful uh, just to kind of help get you started and point you in the right direction on some things. So uh, you can use these court forms in a, in a variety of ways. Like I said, whether they're required and you have to use them or they're just helpful, help you fill in some of the blanks and see how things are laid out. Uh, the Michigan um, court forms for Michigan Appeals you're going to search S-C-A-O forms in any Google, DuckDuckGo, Brave, search, whatever, S-C-A-O forms. That's a term you're going to search for and you're going to be able to find it. Or if you're a stickler for wanting to just type in the actual uh, URL, go to www.courts.michigan.gov forward slash S-C-A-O dash forms forward slash appeals forward slash, and that will give you the same result. So you'll be able to see all those specific to appeals. In Florida, you look to uh, chapter nine, which is the rules of appellate procedure, but specifically 9.900. That is uh, literally the whole chunk of the court rules devoted to appellate court forms. And in the federal rules of appellate procedure, there's actually an appendix of court forms that's specific to forms for appeals. Now, besides court rules and court forms, what else could be useful? Uh, if you've never heard of it, it might sound strange, but a court's internal operating procedures, specifically, uh, these are ones that the Court of Appeals and the Supreme Court in your jurisdiction each probably have their own internal operating procedures. And um, it's generally the compilation of their many practices and procedures of their clerk's office. Now, these are generally not enforceable. In fact, in the Michigan Supreme Court's internal, internal operating procedures, they literally have this sentence written at the beginning. The IOPs do not create any obligations on the court that are enforceable by litigants or the public. Well, why would you use them then? Well, it gives you insight. Again, it's helpful to fill in the blanks of how all these pieces work together. And uh, it's going to be something that, quite frankly, I used a whole bunch to help fill in a ton of blanks when I was starting my work in appeals and had no one teaching me or guiding me. I was doing it all on my own. These internal operating procedures were something I relied on heavily uh, in that uh, time of learning on how appeals worked. So another similar example I want you to be on the lookout for are bench books. So there's one in Michigan, for example, called Appeals and Opinions Bench Book. And it's also one that I looked to uh, in, a, you know, actually I've used a lot of their bench books, which are usually hundreds of pages long and I don't do well at reading on screen. So yes, I've had to kill several trees to print these, but I've read through them all and it's amazing what's in there. And they summarize court rules and statutes and cases and they, and they quote each of those sources and they put it all together. And it's really to teach a judge how to rule properly on any kind of motion or scenario in any kind of given case. It's it's great. And so if it's 
if it's the the rule book for you know the instruction book specifically built for judges why would you not want to take a sneak peek at that so in various jurisdictions they're put together by maybe um, private entities or perhaps actually by the courts themselves in Michigan, most of them are put together by the Michigan Judicial Institute, which is the official education slash administrative arm of the Michigan Supreme Court. So they're very valuable. And um, like I said, they're not something necessarily that you cite in and of itself, although I have done that too. And if you want an example of that, go ahead and uh Check right on my website for um, procedural due process briefs. Any procedural due process briefs you'll see on there. Um, most likely, I have talked about the uh, bench books as well as uh, at times the internal operating procedures as well. So, uh, with that being said, make sure to check out our series on specific aspects of self self representation most of which are posted already, but I'm actually going to release another couple pretty soon. So thanks for, so much for joining us. Want to interact on this important topic? Comment on this video or call in the second Tuesday of the month at noon Eastern Standard Time to participate in our live constitutional discussion. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and share. And remember, together we can restore freedom.